Hello, welcome to In the Secret. I am uh, going through Psalm 91. Today we are at verse 8, which is halfway through Psalm 91. Just like we're only halfway through our season of quarantine during the coronavirus crisis. In fact, last night the president announced the CDC guidelines will remain in place until April 30th. That was not entirely unexpected, but the length of it didn't stun me. My sisters and I talk online uh, to each other often right now, and we have all kinds of theories on what exactly is going on, but we're usually left with mere questions than answers. And in these times, all we can do is trust. Speaking of trust, I had to make that choice to trust God this past weekend. I was feeling run down. I was feeling achy. I fell asleep watching TV with my husband. And all of a sudden, I woke up to a spasm of coughs. I just was like coughing from somewhere deep in my chest. When I was done, I looked over and I saw the wide eyes on my husband's face like, oh no, coronavirus. And honestly, I felt the same way. And the aches and the coughiness just continued that night. And in my mind, I began traveling down the what if road. What if I end up in the hospital and I can't get hydroxychloroquine or any medication that would really help me? What if, what if I'm dying? And now I'm picturing my children gathering around my bedside and what they'd say to me and what I would tell them. And then I realized, what is going on? Where is my imagination taking me? (laughs) Fear was like this great big beast that I have on a leash and I'm just letting it take me all over the place. And I had to stop and tug on that leash and tell it, no, you will not go there. I said out loud, I will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness. I made a decision. I am not going to be afraid. I want you to know that until reviewing these verses with you on this podcast, I never saw fear as an emotion or to control. But like any emotion, we are to control it. We are the boss of our emotions. Yesterday, my pastor shared that there's a difference between a paralyzing fear and a protective fear. Paralyzing means the emotions are winning. Protective, those are those measures we take to avoid putting ourselves or others at risk. Like my daughter yelling to her, you know, little boy, you know, stay off those rocks. That's a protective fear, and it's good. So I was protective. I washed my hands. I elbow bumped my husband. Kept my distance. But I was not paralyzed. I decided I'm going to keep my regular routine. And I refused to let those emotions control me. And I was actually happy and at peace all day. I want you to know the cough has basically disappeared, and I feel fine. So let's move on to Psalm 91, verse 8. 
It says, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. In my last podcast, we looked at 2 Chronicles verse 20. A massive army was defeated as the children of Judah marched forward singing, Praise the Lord, his mercies endure forever. They came up onto a windswept ridge, and there below them was the silence of death on a vast battlefield. They only looked on and beheld the destruction of the wicked. This reminded me of a story about our nation's founder, George Washington. He was known to be a fearless man. Let me read you a story from his early life. Prior to the revolution, British troops were marching forward when they were ambushed by French and Indians. Not accustomed to fighting unless in an open field, the British were annihilated. 23-year-old Colonel George Washington rode back and forth during the battle, delivering orders for General Braddock. Eventually, Braddock was killed, and every officer on horseback was shot, except Washington. George Washington wrote of the battle of Manangahila to his brother on July 18, 1755, and here's what he wrote. By the all-powerful dispensations of providence, I have been protected beyond all human probability or expectation. For I had four bullets through my coat and two horses shot under me, yet escaped unhurt, although death was leveling my companions on every side of me. An Indian warrior later declared, Washington was never born to be killed by a bullet. I had 17 fair fires at him with my rifle, and after all, could not bring him to the ground. George Washington was a young man destined to be our very first president. God had a destiny for George, as he does for you. No weapons formed against you can prosper when God's purposes dictate otherwise. Here's another story that I read on Breitbart News the other day. A man named Clay Bentley had contracted the virus after going to a gathering at his church, and he rapidly declined. He went to urgent care the very next day, and he was struggling to breathe. After a few days, his condition only worsened, and doctors confirmed he had coronavirus. Bentley said, I was in the hospital for about 12 days. On the fifth or sixth day, the doctors told me we tried everything. At that point, Bentley said he heard God tell him, you're getting better. He says, I heard the voice of the Lord tell me, you're getting better, you're getting better. And about, I guess it was three o'clock in the morning, I got to the point where I couldn't even breathe. And I tell you, I felt like I had a man laying on my chest. And the weight of this man was so heavy that he was taking my breath. I mean, it was like I couldn't even breathe, Bentley said. And then all of a sudden, I felt this, I felt air blow into my lungs. And I know as a believer that God was there with me. And he began to blow air into my lungs and I took a deep breath. Bentley said the doctor came in the next morning and informed him that he had hardly any fluid left in his lungs. The doctor said, yesterday you were worse than you've ever been. 
and I come in here today and you don't have hardly any fluid in your lungs at all. I just want to ask you if you're a praying man. I said, yes, sir, I pray. I pray constantly, Bentley explained. The doctor replied, well, I have found in my practice when people pray that positive energy causes the body to begin to heal itself. Bentley said, you can believe that if you want to, but I'm telling you, God came in my room last night and healed me. God is in the business of healing, even today. It is God who sustains us. He is the breath in our lungs. And it reminds me of a verse in Psalm 27 that says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Think about that. I believed I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living, which means right now on this earth. God is good in this life, and he's at work in ways you cannot imagine. That belief keeps us going when fear wants to paralyze us, make us sit down, take a nap, pull us on that leash into dark places that we don't want to go. But you're here because God has a purpose and a destiny for you. You're here because someone needs exactly what you have to offer. We may not have many answers these days, but we have one answer, and it shines brighter than all of our questions. That answer is Jesus. I'm going to close with Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. His glory will be seen upon you. You are precious to God. He has a plan for you. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Psalm 91, verse 9. God bless.